Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forrester, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello and welcome back, my friend. Man, this week, super excited. Constantine and I have just been talking for so long <laughs> leading up to this. And, uh, oh man, it's been a just great conversation. So today I have Constantine uh, Maroon joining me. And uh, Constantine has a great story about uh, immigrating to Canada and just the transformation of leaving, you know, a fixed mindset behind him. And the way things have just opened up, you know, there's new opportunities available available to him now that he's not like thinking within that box that we often uh, put ourselves within, right? So Constantine is a uh, holistic like transformation mentor. He's absolutely off the hook. So you're on for a journey today. And uh, yeah, so Constantine, how are you doing today, my friend? Well, Mike, first of all, thank you so much for that awesome introduction. I'm excellent. Like you said, we had a beautiful conversation leading up to this, and I can't wait to continue this conversation while it's recorded so others can partake and, and enjoy and have a laugh and feel inspired and empowered that they can also achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve in life. Yeah. And one thing I would like to say here is that you're also a podcast host. Uh, your podcast, Unleash Thyself, uh, you know, go check it out. Listen to Constantine. If what he's sharing today, you know, encourages you, resonates with you, absolutely go check him out and, uh, you know, gain that, that elevation, that encouragement that, uh, so many of us are just like hungering for. So, uh, Constantine, man, let's, let's start out. What does life look like for you today on the professional side? Yeah. I mean, first off, my life, I, I feel so blessed. So grateful and I'm loving every second of it, despite working, let's say, you know, 20 hour days sometimes or 16 hour days or 12 hour days between my corporate life, you are professionally, right? I work with mm -hmm. Microsoft. I am a technical specialist. And of course, the rage these days is artificial intelligence. So that's an area where I specialize in working with uh, customers on how they can enable AI technology like ChatGPT or OpenAI technologies within the organizations to, of course, empower their employees to achieve more and do more of the things they want to do. Yeah. And that's like the stuff that's, you know, coming, coming for us and developing very quickly. So, I mean, yeah, you're on like the cutting edge of, you know, creating, using, um, just, it's almost like art, I would say in one way, because it's like, you're just developing and bringing about something that's not yet been there before to bring it to bear now so yeah absolutely and i mean it's uh it's a technology that i just want to add this back really quick i know a lot of people are scared of it and what mm. it will do to many jobs and i know that many jobs will go away more will become available but those of us that do step in and use this technology and learn how to use it will mm. be in the running to have those new jobs or have more opportunities come up in our life if you're the type of person that shies away from your technology this might be a time when you 
should revisit that idea and see, okay, how can I make AI work for me? Because I tell you this, Mike, I wouldn't be able to do my podcast and work at Microsoft full-time and have a personal life without the help of artificial intelligence. Yeah, it'll be like, we knew Constantine once when, <laughs> before he was chained to the desk. Yeah, right. it, it, it opens stuff. And I mean, it's, it's one of those of its perspective, right? It's how you see it, what you do about it. Exactly. Well, since we have said that you have a personal life, right? Yeah, <laughs> what does it look like for you at this point? Yeah, I mean, my personal life, uh, you mentioned the mentorship, right? I love learning and then sharing what I learned with others, helping them on their journey. I mentor people at Microsoft, right? Younger people as well, but also people that just joined the organization. I mentor people in my personal life um, through the podcast, through the content I post out on social media. So if you're someone that's stuck in a place and you just need to talk to someone to maybe challenge a bit of how you see the world and how you see yourself, that's usually when people come to me. Right now, on my personal life, I have a partner, I have two beautiful dogs, I have a beautiful family. So I spend time with them, I play soccer, I do other things in my personal life. But what I truly enjoy doing as well, on top of it, is the podcast and social media content. And if you and I, Mike, would have talked 12 months ago, I would have never seen me like someone that speaks on podcasts, let alone has his own podcast and puts out content on social media. But it gives me so much joy to work on that because one, you know, the first thing, I learn a lot. I have guests on the show and people that I would have never spoken to in the past, challenging my own thought process, challenging my own beliefs, challenging my own ways of seeing things. And it's brought so much growth to me and so much learning that even if no one listens to a show I put out, the value I get out of it is above any investment I made. Time, money, doesn't matter. And if I know if I'm getting that much value, I can only imagine someone that's 18 years old, 25, or even someone that's 60. Like, for example, my mother, she's one of my biggest fans, and she's getting so much value out of a lot of the conversations happening there because, again, it's meant to challenge you. It's meant to inspire you. It's meant to empower you. And that's what you do as well, Mike, which is beautiful to see because we need more of that in this world. If I had a podcast like yours, when I grew up, I would be on my journey a lot quicker than, you know, it took me 20 years to get there. I probably could do it in five years or less. Well, and that's the thing, like, you know, we, if the tools had been there, things would be different, but the tools, you know, weren't there in the same way. So we have the opportunity to do this. Um, the thing that I love is you said 12 months ago, and so often we can just sit there and go, this is going to take forever. 12 months can be a while. I mean, you know, it's not like tomorrow or next week, but in the relative spectrum of our lifespan, that's a drop in the bucket. And so you've catapulted, you've made, you've chosen to make this dramatic change in your life by opening yourself up. And it's nobody's forced this on you, right? Exactly. You're absolutely right. And I, it's a decision I made. And I guess how it started for me was that I, um, I went on a mental health retreat last uh, April, 2022. And I went to Ecuador for three weeks and it was a beautiful, amazing retreat. And I got to visit the country as well in those three weeks. And I had a lot of revelations that came to me. I met some like-minded individuals from all parts of the world. And I started to see life a bit differently. I realized that 
what I was doing, the way I was living my life, despite having the American dream, right? I would work at Microsoft, spend time with my family and friends. But then the extra time I had, I would either waste it away playing games all day or watching Netflix. And like you and I were talking before offline, Mike, it's not like, you know, you shouldn't be playing games or shouldn't watch Netflix, but when it's like eight hours a day sometimes, or, you know, your entire weekend goes away on a binge watching um, episode, I mean, you know, it might, there might be other things you, you may want to do with your life. And that's kind of what I came to the realization myself, because I was coming out of the pandemic, finally burnt out, like most people are these days. I was working long hours with Microsoft to enable customers to be able to have these um, virtual meetings and be able to work from home and be with their family. So we had to work long hours, which was very rewarding because, again, I was enabling people to spend more time with their family and work virtually. So that's beautiful. But then I had to take some time for myself. And I went there. I was able to truly understand myself a bit better. And when I came back, I was like, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to you know, change myself. And I realized that, of course, no one around me changed. I may have changed my views or how I want to approach life, but no one else did, right? So when the reality sank in, I kind of allowed myself to go on a depressive state that for the first time in my life, I truly felt defeated. I truly felt like nothing that I do matters, nothing that, you know, like it's like I have the American dream, but then I don't have any joy. I don't have any fulfillment. I, you know, have all these shiny toys, but they're not bringing happiness. Like something is missing, right? And what was missing for me was a clear understanding of what my why is what my purpose in this life is. And if you look at it as your why, so what drives you, what motivates you, or you look at it as your purpose, at the end, it doesn't matter. What makes your heart sing? What makes you smile? What makes you want to get out of bed every morning? And it could be your family. It could be painting, drawing, inspiring people, helping people. doesn't matter. For me, after sitting with this for a while, because I was like, okay, what's, what am I meant to do? And it's not like the answer just came to me. I had to actually do quite a bit of work. And one of the things I did is look back at my life. I, I, I was 39 last year, so I turned 40 this year. But I look back at my life and I say, okay, what brought me joy when I was young? So, you know, up to what I was 10. Then what brought me joy when I was a teenager? And what brought me joy in my 20s and then my early 30s in my professional career? And as I was jotting those down, I figured that there was a common thread in that of being in service to others. So learning something and then sharing it with others. And inspiring people and empowering people on this journey. Because as I mentioned, I, I do mentor people at Microsoft and they didn't just start this year. It has been going on since I joined Microsoft six years ago, as well as in my previous endeavors, be it entrepreneurial or in my professional life. So for me, it was like realizing, hey, you know what? What really brings me joy, puts a smile on my face, is having a conversation with people, either just listening or providing my input or challenging the thought process and inspiring and empowering them on this journey. And that's the mission that once it became clear, I'm like, how can I do more things with that mission? Yeah. And I think one of the things um, that you also overcame from that journey was like you discovered you had a fixed mindset and releasing certain beliefs in that. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that happened earlier in my journey. So Okay. But at the same time, you're absolutely right that you know, part of it happened last year as well, and I'll explain why, why I see it that way. So let's define fixed and growth mindset really quick for those that are not familiar, because like, if you're like me, I wasn't familiar with it in my 20s. 
a fixed mindset, which is what I had growing up in uh, communist Romania, Eastern Europe, is the idea that if you make a mistake in, in life, and of course you don't make mistakes, it's to be ashamed of, it's to be hidden, it's to be put away and not talk about. It's to consider your opinion as the only valid opinion sometimes and not allow people to challenge you, right? Like it's, it's about you and it's about not recognizing that all parts of you are there to help you, but more like, you know, if it's a mistake, again, hide it, don't show it, beat yourself up over it. So for example, I grew up in an environment where like, if I made a mistake, I would be, well, in my it was a mistake, maybe yelled at by my teachers or otherwise, right? And what that led me to do is to do the same things to myself. So I would make something, I'll be like, oh, I can't believe I'm so stupid. Or I can't believe I've done this, right? And then building myself up. And I'm sure, you know, you could resonate with some of it and many people in the audience will as well. Because unfortunately, it doesn't matter if you grew up in Eastern Europe during the communist era or somewhere else. That's something that unfortunately seems to be a pattern where as human beings, we do end up learning a lot from those around us in the younger years. And then we unfortunately have all these fears and we beat ourselves up and we talk to ourselves like we don't talk to many other people. And I did that through all my life. Now, when I joined Microsoft six years ago now, um, they were big on the growth mindset idea. And it was the first time when I heard of the term growth mindset, I encapsulated parts of it through my journey, either because I've, I've seen others do it or that's what I thought was best. And the idea of growth mindset is that you learn from your mistakes and it, making mistakes is not the end of the world. And the way I see it now is that I look at everything that happened in my life as a gift. Nicely wrapped. And it's my choice if I want to open up that gift and see what's inside. Because if I made a mistake, that means that there's an opportunity for me to learn something from it. So the next time when something similar happens, I have a better chance to not repeat the same mistake. Now, if I don't look at the mistake and I use the fixed mindset that we were just talking about, what's going to happen? Well, I haven't learned my lesson, so I'm going to have a much higher chance to repeat the same mistake, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how I I see fixed and, and growth mindset. And to answer the second part of your question, the reason I say partially got completely fixed, but mostly fixed last year as well, is because I realized that even though I thought I had a growth mindset, there were still elements that were stuck, like beating myself up, for example. I didn't realize that the two and two were connected. So there were still elements that were surfacing up, and I'm like, oh, okay, now I can work with that. Now I can look inwards, I can look at my emotions, and I can deal with that. Now, the thing that I'd like to ask you is, when we're coming out of that growth mindset, or excuse me, when we're coming into growth mindset, out of a fixed mindset, the thought pot, thought patterns to beat yourself up, you know, talk negatively to yourself, come very easily. How did you go about transitioning to say, hey, it happened. What happened happened. That, that was a mistake. Where can we go? How did you move into giving yourself grace? to, you know, continue going into that growth mindset, not being stuck, you know, in, in your limited mindset. Exactly. Michael, what a great question. And I should reemphasize the fact that the the progression from, let's say, a fixed mindset to growth mindset or progression from any mindset to a different mindset is not linear. It doesn't happen overnight, right? It's not like today I had a fixed mindset that tomorrow I'm going to have a growth mindset. It's a journey. Right, it's a journey, and there's many elements to it. 
But the, the biggest thing for me was to first become aware that I was doing those things. Because first of all, because it's in your subconscious mind and it's something that you've been doing since you were a child, I can almost guarantee you that you won't even realize you're doing it until you, see, you, you stop yourself and think about, wait, do I talk to myself like that? And when I was challenged for the first time about it, like sometime last year in the, in the summer, I was like, okay, you know what? Let me think about it. And then, of course, it came up. And it's like, oh, yeah, I do beat myself up. I do say those things. So then, okay, I became aware. So that was the first step. Then for me, it was all about, okay, do I have a desire to make the change? And for a lot of us, and myself included, just being aware of something that's wrong in your life and wanting to change is not enough. You want to have a desire to make the change. And in this case, I did want really badly to change because I saw what's in it for me. I saw the value of it. And I also saw the risk of not changing, right? All of those things are, again, not things I just thought about. I actually wrote down in my journal, things that I, of course, uh, spent time thinking on, but also action. So once I had my desire set, I had the two pieces, the two crucial parts. I then looked at tools. How can I do this? And one of the best tools that I have found for myself, and again, everyone is different, so it doesn't work for everyone, but I've seen it work for most people. Is to, let's say, Mike, I tell myself, ah, I'm such a procrastinator. I never get things done, right? That was, that was a common thought for me. Well, I wanted to actually find examples of when I didn't do that, when I was actually getting things done, when I wasn't a procrastinator. And guess what? Once I reframed it and I said, let me find examples, there were many examples. It's just that our conditioning, our old mindset was just focusing on the times I was procrastinating. And sure, you know, there were times when I was doing it. But I wasn't celebrating and I wasn't looking at the one, the times that I did it well, which were more often than the times that I didn't do it. So what I'm trying to say is bringing your awareness to challenge the thought and say, well, is it true? I'm stupid. That's another one that came up for me. Or I'll tell you a big one with the podcast, right? So I'm in the process of launching the podcast. This was uh, February of this year, so not even that long ago. And I have amazing conversations with people. I'm getting encouragement because they like the idea. They like the way I present and the way I talk. But then at night, sometimes I'll be like, well, who am I to have a podcast? Who am I to go speak on shows, right? Like that, that self-doubt, self-confidence and putting yourself down, you know, keeping yourself in a box. Again, I, I looked at examples. Well, why not? Why would people not listen to me? I mean, they've been listening so far when I do it at work, when I do it in my personal life. So there's a chance they will listen there. And then I would remind myself, well, I just had a beautiful conversation with Mike. He was supportive. He really liked what I thought of what they talked about. So here's another proof that that happened. So I would say that's a tool that if you're not using today, maybe give it a shot and see if it works for you. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing how, how much like that ingrained pattern, like we've operated from that, that fixed mindset and the actions that come from it for so long. It's like to think that we're just snap of the finger. Hey, you're never going to stumble. You're never going to you know, go back and, and come from this place. Um, you know, what you're talking about is, Hey, I saw it come up. I, cause I was aware of it. I made a conscious and intentional decision to address it, then spend some time to, you know, look at it from a different perspective, a different vantage point and, you know, grow from it. And I think that's so crucial because I know for me, I would get ticked off like you talked about and, you know, start piling on the negative responses. You're stupid. You're dumb. You'll never get this. And it's like, no, nah, that's going to get you far, dude. 
got you exactly where you are right now. <laughs> and so. Exactly. And um, another thing, I mean, <clears throat> so going back to last year, right? When I, yeah. uh, when I was going through the process of finding my why, keep in mind, this is a time when I was feeling at my lowest ever. So I was going through my depressive state. So that compounded the difficulty in me achieving some of these uh, outcomes, right? Because had I been, let's say today, I would find that why and I find that purpose and I would find those limiting beliefs fairly quickly. But back then, because I was working against uh, some mental limitations, right, in a way, with the depression and what I was going through, it took me a while. And there were many things that happened in my life that were beautiful. And I didn't recognize them in the moment because, again, I was going through, through a depressive state. So in hindsight, looking back now, right, uh, it's what, August right now, right? It's, <laughs> I mean, I'm so grateful that I had that period because it allowed me to see with my emotions, allowed me to challenge some of the things that we just talked about, allowed me to, again, see with emotions and let them come up and let them bother me and let them express themselves so I can understand them. Because in the past, part of fixed mindset is, let's say, you did something bad in the past, you cringe whenever it comes up in your memory and you suppress it, right? Or you feel sad or you feel anxious about something, you suppress it, suppress it. But then like a volcano, it's going to come back up really fast. Right. So I started to allow those things to come up. And of course, because they've been suppressed for so long, they weren't coming out nicely. Right. There was a lot of uh, sadness in there and a lot of different emotions that I had to deal with. And, you know, we, I got through it. And one of the things that most people do when they're not feeling their best is they withdraw from friends, family, anyone that's close to them. And I did that as well because I didn't want to burden them. I didn't want to have to explain myself. I didn't want to appear broken. And again, that's part of fixed mindset, right? Mm. Appearing broken or appearing like you don't have it together. Because again, on the outside, you got a car, got a, got a house, got a spouse, got the dogs, got a beautiful life. I mean, an amazing job, right? Like I should be happy. I should be <laughs> fulfilled, but no, I'm not. And once I, it became clear to me that that was a case and how I came out of it was doing the opposite. So if I withdrew from friends, well, actually, I'm going to reach out to people now, family, friends, let them back in, give them a chance to help. And that was huge because everyone that's close to you, or I should say almost everyone wants to help. And if you reach out to someone and they're not helpful, just end it. Like say, hey, you know, this is not helping me right now. Thank you for your time. Move on to the next person. Don't give them the energy and the power because that's going to bring you down further. Yeah. So you're talking about kind of setting up like some boundaries, right? To protect yourself, guard yourself from other people's perspectives that aren't in the best interest for you, right? Is that where you're Well, that's uh, that's to? part of it for sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I was blessed in the sense that the friends I reached back out and the family I reached back out to, they were all supportive, right? But I know scenarios and I know from people I've worked with or mentored that sometimes they reach out to someone and they're going to whatever struggles they're going through and they just try to one-up them and say, oh, well, you know, you don't, it's not as bad for you. I've been depressed for 10 years and that doesn't help you in that moment. Right. Or, you know, instead of just downplaying it, they could be mean or they could be harsh. And I know that that can bring you down further because I've had that not last year, but in the past where again, people would downplay my whatever condition it was. And that's not helpful for anyone. And setting boundaries, like you said, Mike is crucial because you're standing up for yourself. And that's part of growth mindset as well, right? Because if a fixed mindset may mean I don't want to piss anyone off. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to challenge anyone. I don't, because again, it's fear, right? It's fear of not fitting in, fear of losing people, fear of whatever you feel in the blanks. So as you're coming out of like that fixed mindset, 
you're the likelihood of having been around people like you're talking about that are trying to one up you, um, that can often, if there's enough of them feel like, Hey, that's all the world is made of. There's not people out there who really want to get me that, you know, that I really get along with or are encouraging to me. They're just kind of like, you know, dismissing how I feel and what I'm going through. How, how have you, or maybe how have you seen other people get through to find those people that are on our side or we do want on our side because they're uplifting and they're, you know, helping us to grow, not intimidated by our growth. Exactly. I love the question, right? Because unfortunately it's reality for most people. And uh, besides setting boundaries, I say you don't have those people. I mean, that's what therapists and specialists come into play, even a coach, a mentor. If you work with someone and they're on your, your side because you pay them, usually they're on your side, they can go a long way. But the other big one for me personally, and also for those around me and those I've worked with, is the idea that a community or your tribe doesn't necessarily have to be the same people you've been interacting with your entire life if they're not supportive. With advances of the internet these days and all the virtual tools that we have, you can find your tribe online until you can find it in person, right? So your community that you build with your show, Mike, the community I'm building with my show, there's many other communities you can join where people have gone through what you're going through and can provide a helping hand or just a place to vent. And what, what I would recommend on that front as well is when it comes to you talking to others, if I find this at times talking to a stranger might be even easier to express what you're going through, because if it's a stranger on the internet, you're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, if I close this call, I'm never going to see them again. So it's not going to impact my life. It might be easier than going and venting to a family member or a friend. Yeah. And I think the hard thing is that often the people that are feeling the intimidation can be our family, right? I know that was something that I went through was where it was like, Hey, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be like here for me, not to keep me down, you know, but to help me grow. Um, so sometimes it, it is looking for those communities outside of your family and your work that aren't so close to the situation, but they can be like that, that girding, you know, that, that foundation to, to hold you up and set you on something other than the quicksand that you're used to. Um, exactly. exactly. So, it, all, it all goes back, Mike, to what I call now self-discovery, that personal work. Because I, as part of the fixed mindset, perhaps, and maybe a bit of growth mindset as well, it's like, I was very good at consuming content and always spending time to try to improve myself by, again, giving my power away to others. So I would learn from books and podcasts and videos and then coaches. Then I would hire myself for mentors. But I would never really stop to actually look inwards because I had a lot of the answers. But because the way I was raised in the society I was raised in, and again, this is similar across North America and the world, you are taught to look externally mostly. Because, oh, Mike knows better what I, I need to do in my future, right? And we see that when we grow up and we need to go to school or college or university, it's usually professors or parents that know better for you. 
right? And then we go into this mentality, and I, that's what I did most of my life. I was always almost looking for validation externally, where really the only person I should ask for permission is myself. And when I started doing that, everything changed in my life. So one thing, and I'm, I was totally guilty of this, man, like, was go learn, 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 learn. There was no action or yes. that introspection. Exactly. How do you balance those out to say like, hey, yeah, learning is great, but then come back and apply it and work through what you've learned. Like, where's the balance and, and how do you judge that? Yeah, I love the question. I mean, that's not an easy one. Everyone is different. But again, it starts with finding that why and that purpose in your life. I, I believe in my case, because that puts everything else in perspective. So let's say in my case, if that's what brings me joy in life, then I want to bring it to every aspect of my life, my professional life. So maybe a better coworker and person to work with in general, Microsoft, a much higher performer than even I was before. And in my personal life, maybe someone that people want to spend more time with, my loved ones being part of that group, right? And because of that, now it gives me a better clarity on what I want to upskill myself in, because there's always so many things one can upskill in, but it will be tied either to your job or career, right? So I upskill myself in artificial intelligence and other techy stuff at Microsoft, but also there's a lot of personal development stuff I still want to go through. So learning about the subconscious mind, uh, in my case, and other elements of self-discovery, right? I'm into spirituality right now, not really just based by the idea of, again, something bigger there, connecting with the universe, my, my higher self, whatever you believe in. And once I did that, now I have a clear path of one of the things I want to upskill in. And the next step is, okay, so let's, let's take one of these. Let's say it's personal development, which is pretty broad, but let's say more specifically, I want to work on my emotional self, my emotional development. Well, okay, so I'm aware that I want to work on it, but let's be specific. Which parts do you want to work on? Become aware, build a desire. And then go, go have a planning place. Okay. I'm going to go read these books, watch this podcast, and then have a plan for how to action it. Meaning that let's say, Mike, someone listens to this podcast. In this podcast, we talked about a few tools. Maybe that's what you do. You write down some tools, you write down some steps, and you try those in your life. Because guaranteed, not everything is going to work for you that someone is talking in a book about or on a podcast or in a video. Because again, there's so many tools. Everyone is unique. And that's the beauty of it. You find what works for you and go from there. So I would say, again, starts with that awareness, desire, and then putting it in, put a plan. It can be on a napkin, but have a plan where you're consuming and then you're actioning. And I bet you, Mike, and I'm curious to see your take on this. Most of us have a lot more information than we think we do. We're just missing that uh, connection, right? Between the awareness, desire, and then the action part and putting it together. I know for me, it's also been a fear of, I know all this stuff. And if I do know this stuff, then I need to go take action. And it's almost like this insulating security, like a prison that it's mm -hmm. like, I'm going to downplay how much I do know so that I don't have to put myself out there. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's beautiful that you said it because it's very, it goes back to a fear. You just said it, right? And that goes back to our subconscious mind, to our younger years. And maybe, you know, when we were young, we had this beautiful idea. We went out and we did something to act on it. And then we got put down for it. Or we failed and we got made fun of. 
And we may not even remember that. Most of us won't. But that's going to stick with us and it's going to dictate our life moving forward. And I know I had quite a few of those. So, for example, when I said I'm very interested in the subconscious mind, uh, that's something I'm reading on. I'm actually working with a coach right now when we're doing, part of what we're doing is hypnotherapy, which I thought I would never do. And it was one of the most transformational experiences of my life because we went in and we were able to find some of those limiting beliefs and eliminate them and reprogram the mind. And I'm like, wow, this is mind blowing. And again, that's what worked for me. It's not going to work for everyone, but that's the idea here is go, go finding that once you have an idea of what's wrong in your life. Because until you take inventory of what's wrong, and when I say wrong, I'm, I don't mean that, oh, I don't make enough money at work, because that could be it. But it's more like, what's wrong that doesn't align with who I believe I can be or I should be in my heart? And that's not what your mind will tell you, not what limitations you put around, but truly what you see in yourself. If I'm someone that works in corporate world right now, and I see myself as a, an entrepreneur, and or maybe a painter, or maybe a musician, well... Okay, let's explore that a bit further. Can we marry the two like I'm doing right now because I'm combining corporate with personal pleasures because I can do that? Well, what if it's someone that I want to be in arts? I want to do music. Well, maybe explore. See, can we do it together or do you want to go on a different path? But again, it's just starting with that exploration of self. How have you, within, particularly like within a corporate environment, right? There's so much that's, people outside are looking at and going, wow, you have hit the jackpot. Like you've got the great car. You've got the great job, dude. You're working for Microsoft. You, you've got it made. You know what I'm saying? Like there's the external perception, right? Of who you are and where you are. It's, it's almost like the, the Pinterest of life. (laughs) How do you 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 talked about a dissatisfaction with you know hey you you're in this position but you're dissatisfied how do you find satisfaction in a place that isn't satisfying yeah wow i love the question like i love it and the reason i love that is because there is a positive answer in that there is a way to do it and i you know i call it finding meaning and purpose in whatever work you do uh let's take an example let's say you work as a barista at Starbucks, right? Mm-hmm. Can you find meaning and purpose in that work? I would argue that yes, because you, you are usually the person that someone sees as the first thing in the morning. So you have a chance to make someone's day a bit better by putting a smile on, by saying hello, by asking a question, by being friendly. And I'm sure all of us have had an interaction where I went to pick up a coffee and the barista was so nice that I left the building smiling, which meant that my, the rest of my day was just a tiny bit better, which meant that if I had a smile on my face, that means that other people saw that and maybe they got a smile on their face. So one of the biggest things that transformed for me, it's not that I didn't have necessarily meaning and purpose in my work, because as I mentioned, you know, I enabled people to achieve things from home rather than having to go into office, which meant that they had more time with their kids at home, right? That's, that's pretty cool stuff. But what I wasn't doing is I wasn't really following my passion and connecting it with my work. And I wasn't allowing my authentic self to show up because I always, that's again, part of the fixed mindset. I would always show, not as a fake self, but as a professional self. And then I have my personal self, right? 
And once I truly understood who I was and I became more vulnerable, more authentic, what started to happen is that the relationship started to improve tenfold, not just in my personal life, but in my professional life. Because people, and I saw myself doing the same thing with others, is like when they are vulnerable, when they're authentic, you find a much easier way to connect with them. Because now I'm not hiding who I am. I'm not hiding a part of Constantine because I'm afraid you're going to judge me. I know that not everyone is going to like me and I'm finally okay with that. Because one of my limiting beliefs was that I have to be liked by everyone. I have to fit in in every group. Which, of course, yes. we know it's not true. But hey, that was my belief until last year, Mike. And yeah. I mean, my mind is blown. I'm like, I was 39 years old and I thought that I had to be liked by everyone and fit into every group. Anyway, I worked through that. And how I found more meaning and purpose in my work is that now I show up with more compassion and empathy at work, mm. which made my relationships with coworkers much better, which means that I'm someone that they want to be around more often than not, right? And my customers I work with, the partners I work with, they all feel it. They all feel the energy. They all feel the connection a bit better. And sure, there are tougher days than sometimes, right? But most days are good now because, again, I'm showing my authentic self and I'm bringing that love side of myself, the compassion, the empathy. But for me, it all started to underst with understanding myself because until you understand yourself, it's going to be very hard to show up authentically. You've talked about meaning and purpose and understanding yourself a number of times throughout yes. what we've talked about. I was a chameleon, so I played to whoever was the most powerful person in a room to gain their approval that that would then stroke my insecurity. You know, how do you go about finding that when like you can look back on your life and go, I don't know that I've ever known who I am or that there was meaning because life felt meaningless. So how can I have yeah. meaning and purpose? How do you go about discovering that when you don't feel like you've ever had a grasp of it in your life. Yeah, I mean, I, I can live with it 100%. Like, I never had a grasp on what I was. I had hands, but I was not paying attention to them. So, for example, I remember I was maybe six, seven, eight, when the first time I asked myself a question is like, what's the purpose of life? Right? Like, there must be more than just going to school, finding a spouse, having a few kids, and then dying, right? That, that didn't make sense to me. But guess what? I, it was just a question. I never, I never answered it. I left it unanswered. And then I would not go outside of myself to ask people because, again, I was ashamed. I'm like, oh, this is a weird question, so I'm not going to ask anyone. So like you, perhaps with the example you gave, Brian, like your uh, avatar, I went through life without knowing what mm. the answer to the question was. And I didn't necessarily think it was important either until I sat down and said, why am I so unhappy after, like you said, People would be envious of my situation, right? Working for Microsoft, having the American dream, <laughs> quote unquote. But you don't find that purpose and meaning. And again, for me, it was sitting down and being honest with myself and going back and saying, well, what brings me joy and, and, and fulfillment in this life? And I, going back through everything I've done, I noticed that whenever I was in service to others, giving back, and I'm not talking just financially, I'm talking about like giving back my knowledge, giving back my inspiration, my empowerment. That's what made me smart. So I thought, okay, let's dig deeper. And for those people that don't necessarily have a way to find that, that's where a coach or a mentor can come in because I was working with someone at the time that they helped me a bit to pull the strings and find a few of those things that were missing. And there's many books and 
frameworks one can use. So for example, a book that got me started on this journey about six years ago when I joined Microsoft was Finding Your Why by Simon Sinek. And Simon is amazing. Like he's very inspirational. He talks about finding your why and why it's important in the context of work. Uh, and again, it's the same benefits, right? It's going to, I mean, it's going to make you be a better version of yourself and get more joy and satisfaction out of anything you do, including your, you know, professional life. Well, and it was so funny that you talked to, the way you talked about that there, because at one point I was working to get business coaching. <laughs> Little did I realize I needed personal coaching. Because when I work on me, it impacts not only my home life, but it also impacts my, my corporate life, my work life, career, whatever you want to, I'm there wherever I go. And so it's, it's in growing us sets about like this massive, it's almost like a bomb went off and the, the shock waves just ripple through every area of our life. Is that what you've experienced as well? Oh, I love that question and that point, Mike, because yes. And the way I smile so much on this one is because, again, I look back at my life and I cringe a bit and not cringe anymore. Right now I look at it like, wow, that was an important lesson. But I used to cringe at this. It's the idea that I try to fix everyone else. I try to be like, oh, you got to change this and this and this for me to be happy, right? You have to change this so I can be happy. And then I realized, wait a second, I mean, I'm not changing myself. I'm just trying to change others to, again, please my ego or think that somehow that will bring me happiness. But then the big realization came in that, hey man, it's all about you. You change yourself, you change the world. So that's why right now, one of the biggest things I put out there is that if there's one thing you want to do every day is work on yourself. Because by working on yourself, by becoming just a tiny bit better than yesterday, than the week before, month before, your world will become better. You will see all of a sudden the relationships will get better professionally and personally. Everything will get better in your life. And you'll wonder, wait a second, why did Mike change when I was all the one that did all the work? Well, it's because you bring a different energy. You bring your more authentic self, maybe more vulnerable self. Like me talking about my depression with you, Mike, right now, and well, I don't know how many people, right? Hundreds, thousands of people that will listen to this. Well, that's something that 12 months ago I would have never done because I would feel like whole oh, people would judge me, that he's broken, that he's going through this and that, right? But by, by sharing that, that means that someone that's there now can be like, huh, Constantine got over it and he did that. Maybe I can do it too. Maybe not using the same tools, but maybe some of them, right? And they'll find inspiration and empowerment in that. And that's why I highly advocate for all the men listening. The biggest transformation in my life happened as soon as I became vulnerable and authentic and shared my story because that not only made it such that I felt better because I helped others on the journey, but it allowed them to almost get permission to also become more vulnerable and authentic and go after whatever it is that they want. Because again, it's like you're doing something that societally may not be accepted yet as a mainstream, but we can change that. And it's for the better for everyone. Well, and the amazing thing is like from that, we're not only setting it for like other men, like, right. Other people that we interact with are going to see it, but it's going to exactly. impact our families. This is one thing that as I was healing, that really 
kept me pushing through, even when I was like, God, this sucks. Like I would much rather not do this and work through what I tried to forget or what I didn't want to do and just be a victim or check out, right? Is looking at the fact that it's going to change my wife's life and how I show up with her, you know, when she's successful because my insecurities aren't there, there's not that fear of how is Mike, my husband going to react to my success or if I try doing this. Um, it also like with our children, they're seeing us take risks. So they're less risk averse and they're like, I labeled myself as, you know, I was taught this. If you fail, you're a failure, not uncommon to be heard. My children learned it just like that. And it was ingrained in them. So it's one of those, if you don't want that kind of, you know, pattern passed on, then you got to remove that and start taking those, those risks. And it doesn't stop with our children. It goes to our grandchildren and great, great grandchildren. We're setting the tone that's going to play out in our family. And it's like you and I, and you know, people in general, you know, we have that opportunity. Men have it, especially to make an impact within their family. We, we, you know, set a certain cadence, I guess, like there's an energy that goes along with it within our families. Right. Um, and so it's like, do the hard work. There are so many dividends that we don't think of when we're just staring at ourselves. I mean, is, is that kind of like what you've seen with, with other guys? (laughs) And I love that you went there as well, because it's up to us to break those generational patterns and societal patterns that we don't agree with. And like you said, your children learn from you. And it's not because you wanted them to have such a fixed mindset, right? You wanted the best for them, but that's all you knew. So why would you teach them something else? And I look at my parents as well. I never blame them one bit for the way I came up into the world, because if that's what they knew and their parents knew that and they taught them that, like, why would they teach me anything else? Right. I yeah. mean, that's the question yes. I ask myself now. And I'm like, I'm looking at other parents because I don't have children yet, but I'm looking at other parents and I'm saying, okay, well, they're only teaching what they know. So let's say you're someone that doesn't necessarily work on yourself. You don't do the self-discovery. You just consume externally. Well, guess what you're going to teach your children. And if you don't have children, guess what you're going to pass on to your nephews and the kids of your friends and anyone else that comes into your life. You're going to pass on your limiting beliefs, so societal's limiting beliefs, and that's it, right? So like you said, Mike, it's up to us to to have a stand and say, you know what, the next generation will, will be better. And that's one reason I do this work, because my target audience so far, it seems to have been two groups, right? The younger generations that come up and realize, wait a second, what my parents did, what my grandparents did, is not working. Chasing the American dream is not going to get me the life I want. It's even harder to let's say buy a house or a vehicle or have a life that's not just grinding every day. So that's a group of people from like as young as, you know, 15, 16 to mid twenties to early thirties, right? That's, that's a group of people that are looking for this type of information now because they need to know that there is another way. They need to know that they can do whatever they want and they'll have the support to do it. And then the other group is people in corporate America, because like I was, despite working at Microsoft, feeling unfulfilled, Imagine how many others are 
in big corporations like Google and Amazon, but also in smaller ones. And I've worked with people, you know, high up in big organizations and people that are either startups or they run their own companies. It's the same thing. It's like, how do you find the fulfillment? And sometimes it is that you have to leave that environment and you have to go for another career, but it's not always the answer. Yeah. I think in looking at statistics, like right, right now, we can also look down the path as we age that, you know, you're seeing men in their retirement that don't have, like you've talked about that purpose, their understanding of who they are. They're feeling isolated alone. And sadly, they're then making that ultimate decision and committing suicide and ending their life. And that's a it, you know, you just think, Hey, like nobody's going to do that. Dude, the statistics, that's like one of the largest groups of men that are doing that. And if that's not what we want for our end of life today is the time to make that decision. Is it not to make a change? Absolutely. I mean, here's a quote that essentially got me on the right track in terms of trying to realign my life. And this, this was a few years ago. I first heard that it kind of put me on the path of self-discovery and personal growth early on. It, it started like this. And again, it's not attributed to anyone in particular, but it goes like this. My definition of hell is waking up on my last day on earth and meeting the person I could have been. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that blew my mind when I, when I read it. I'm like, wow. So imagine the scenario, right? Like you wake up tomorrow, it's your last day on earth and you, you meet the person you could have been. Well, ideally, when the day comes in 40, 50, 60 years from now, for me, I want to meet a person that's the exact same person. I look in the mirror and it's me. It's no one else. That's what, that's the legacy I want to leave behind. I want to be like, you know what? I wasted years of my life doing things that were necessarily important for my soul, for my heart. I want to change that. And that's how it kickstarted everything for me about five, six years ago. I think this may be the last question. <laughs> you, 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 for me, like chatting with you is just encouraging and, and it reinforces, but it also like one of those of, okay, why is this that you believe this? How is this a different perspective? You know? Um, and I think this is where healthy dialogue is, is positive, you know, for our growth. But what I wanted to ask is, so as you left like that fixed mindset and you've learned like your purpose, have you seen like your ability to dream and see who you could be like the, the man on your last day of life? Have you seen your ability to dream and stretch and really make a bolder dream? Have you seen that become easier and bigger as you've gone along? Mike, you have some amazing questions. And again, I, I smile and, and laugh at this because it's, so, it's such a beautiful question because the answer is absolutely yes. Mm. So I found my purpose. I found my why last year in August is when it all kind of clicked in for me after months of work on it. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. That's really how I'm going to That's what I'm going to do, right? And then it felt like my purpose in life was the podcast. Somehow my brain was like, put it two and two together. And then it was months, right? Until I realized, wait a second. I mean, the, the podcast or what I want to do is just a tip of the iceberg. And as I started working through it, which is, uh, I started in January of this year and then went live in May, that vision became bigger and bigger. And I realized that there were things I enjoyed doing, not just running a podcast, like being on a show like yours, Mike, or speaking to groups of people on a stage. 
or doing public speaking. And all of a sudden, my vision became much, much bigger. Because again, with all those limiting beliefs that we have from the past, usually we put ourselves in a box. And maybe, Mike, uh, I want to do a quick test with you. This is something that one of my mentors did, and it blew my mind. And if you want to entertain me, and this is for the audience as well, they can do it at home. It's very easy. It requires two physical tests, and you can sit in your chair so you don't have to get anywhere. And then one more question. Do you okay. want, are you okay to do it? Absolutely. Let's go, man. Right. So take whichever hand you want and try to reach as far as you can. Up, up. or out up, in front? Up, up. Okay. Perfect. Now you can put a hand down. So that's the first. Oh, thing. wait, I could have stood up. Duh. Okay. Okay. So Instead of saying sitting, that would have allowed me to reach further. Okay. So now the second part of this is, okay, can you reach further than the first time? And yes. you kind of answered that. Okay. So do that, please. I may lose you because the micro, the, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, you earbud. I mean, you can even stretch, right? So it's like, there we go, right? You did it. I got to so, make sure the fan is not on much. either. So I don't hit, put my, my hand into it. Right, right, right. So first you, you, you reach as far as you, you thought you could. Then you're like, yes. oh, shoot, I could have done farther. But sometimes we don't even say that. We don't even ask ourselves the second part or we don't even realize that we could have. And then the second time you reached farther because now you're like, oh yeah, I can. Without even thinking necessarily, right? You're like, oh yeah, I can reach farther. So the question comes then, why didn't you do it the first time? Just normal habit of, hey, I'm comfortable here and I'm going to do it from this position. And let me ask you this. If I asked you the question again, you probably could get up on your desk, right? You yeah. could get up in your chair and you go even higher. I no. could go outside on the ladder and go on the roof of the house. There we go. Because what did you do there? Your house or your room <laughs> is a box. It keeps you in. Yeah. You stepped outside the box and now the sky is the limit. And when someone shared that with me, again, one of my mentors, I was like, wow. And then it puts so many things in perspective because look at everything else in your life. You are in a box, either put by yourself, society, or a combination of the two. And it's up to you to get yourself out of the box. So I'll give you an example. My box was that I'm going to do a podcast. Then I said, you know what? No, no, no. I'm going to step out of that. What, what's the bigger picture look like? Well, mm -hmm. it's going to be a podcast. I'm going to be a guest. I'm going to publish speaking. I'm going to do courses. I'm going to do mentorship coaching. Okay, my box is much bigger now. But ideally, I want to step up where there is no box and the sky is the limit because that's so far up that you can dream big. And what's going to happen when you dream big and you actually work through it? You know, people call it law of attraction or manifestation. That's actually going to start happening because you're rewiring your brain and what's going to happen opportunities that otherwise you would have missed because you had a fixed mindset or a box around yourself are going to start to show up in your life. Like again, Mike, just you and I having the conversations with it offline and some of the things I learned from you, I would have never had access to that had I not stepped out of my own box. And that's going to propel me further down the path that I want to be on. So that's a challenge I have for everyone in the audience. Do the test that we just did with Mike. Ask yourself the question, why are you stopping yourself from getting outside of your own box? And then sit with that, see what comes up. And it's not going to be easy. You said it, Mike. It's going to be challenging. You're going to doubt yourself at times. But guess what? If it were easy, everyone would do it. And then we would be living in heaven right now. And sure, you know, partially we live in heaven because we have this human experience. Yeah. But hey, it can be a lot better. All right. One last question. <laughs> I'm standing up and raising my hand. Yes. All right. So as you're dreaming, how are you then 
keeping track of your dreams? And are you looking back at those things? Because you said, I started with a podcast. Now I'm going to speak. Now I'm going to do all these other amazing things. You're, you and I, and just everybody that's listening are hit with day-to-day challenges. Yes. How do you keep those dreams in the front of your mind to keep you motivated when the uphill battle comes? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great question, Mike. And it's a reality. I mean, I have some bad days too, and there are things that happen that are outside of our control and we have to work through them. Now, what has worked for me so far and over the years as well is that there's two parts in it. One part is to my vision is actually funny enough in a PowerPoint presentation, but it could be in, you know, a journal, what I had it before. It could be in a Word document. So it doesn't matter. Like it could be a Google document as well. Have it somewhere that you can revisit it because you want to remind yourself of that vision. And it's something that I remind myself and refine once a week, once every two weeks at, at, at worst, right? Like I, I go through it because let's say I have a conversation with you, Michael, we did, right? You gave me an idea before we even uh, started recording and that's going to be something that goes in my vision now. Ooh, I want to talk about that and do that, right? Because my vision board now is very flexible. Before it was very fixed, right? So we talked about fixed and, and uh, the fixed mindset. It's the same idea, right? Because that's all my mind could think of. And then I stepped out and now I can I can see more. And for me, it's just reminding myself. But the second part, which I think is something that almost everyone misses out on, and I do the same, is celebrating. It's, so it's nurturing and celebrating. Meaning, I'm not saying, you know, every day celebrate everything you've done in life. And you can do that if you want. But remember to take a breather and say, and see how far you've come. Like if I look back six months from now, Mike, and I'm like, wow. Or even three months or even two months. There's so much stuff that happened that I can be grateful for. And I can be optimistic about it. I'm like, it doesn't matter what happens in life, you know, short of, let's say an apocalyptic event, I can, I can overcome it. Right. I don't think I would do well in like a zombie apocalypse, but I mean, <laughs> beyond that, I'll be fine. Um, and the second is uh, the third piece of this. Sorry, I guess I said two, but there's a third one. One practice I put into my daily routine that's been giving me so many dividends every day has been a practice of gratitude. So being grateful for everything I do have in my life and not taking it for granted. Like even the, the bed I sleep on, the pillow, my dogs, my partner, the water I drink, the food I eat, the people I spend time with, me and you having a conversation right now. And what it does to your brain is when you are being grateful, when you are reminding yourself of all the positive things, when something bad happens, you're not going to default to looking at all the other bad things that ever happened to you or maybe in your life. Because at the forefront, now you have all this positive as well. Because unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, our brain is very good at looking at all the negative stuff in our life because it's protecting us, right? If you go back a few hundred years ago, it needed to keep you alert and remind you, hey, there's a tiger in the bushes, so you got to be careful, right? Or if you step outside the cave, you may get killed. So we needed to reinforce all these negative things. But in today's day and age, when you have access to the news and social media, and if you consume all that negativity and you do nothing with the positivity, then everything that's negative in your life is going to hit you so much harder because your brain is not going to be like, oh, you, your car got hit, right? And you, you now have a dent. It's going to remind you of all the other bad things in your life. And now that accident is going to be 10x as bad as it could have been. 
And that's, that's how I handle the situations right now, right? I'm sure there'll be challenges thrown our way that will require some more resilience. And that's how we develop resiliency in the first place, right? We go through challenges, we overcome them. And I guess I'll add one more thing, Mike. Remind yourself. We bring it. <laughs> right? Remind yourself always that you made it to this point, which means that you've overcome all the challenges life throw, has thrown you away so far. So if you made it here, what says you can make it past these challenges you're facing right now, no matter how tough it is? Absolutely. 100% agree with you there. Well, Constantine, as much as I would love to continue going on and we can keep going on, there's no doubt about that. Um, how do you guys reach out to you outside of the podcast here? Yeah, so there's a couple of ways you can you can reach out to me. If you want to connect with me personally, send me an email at constantine at unleashedthyself.com or reach out to me on LinkedIn, Constantine Vomorul. You'll find me there. I have a pretty unique name, so it's easy to find. And you can also go, as I said, to unleashedthyself.com or you can find my podcast on any of the major podcasting platforms or YouTube. And you can connect to me that way as well. So you can go on Instagram or TikTok. And you can- awesome. One last favor. Will you spell your name just so that guys will yeah, know? And absolutely. I want to make sure they connect with you if they're like, hey, I want to talk with Constantine. I want to make sure they're able to get to you. Yeah. So. yeah. So last name is M-O-R-U-N. Constantine is C-O-N-S-P-A-N-T-I-N. It doesn't have an E because I'm from Eastern Europe. So it's a bit of a special spelling. And I do have another name. I said Bo, B-O, or Bogdan, B-O-G-D-A-N. That, that's actually my first name, but I do go by Constantine these days. So Constantine Morun should get you all the information that you want in me. Very cool. Constantine, thank you so much, my friend. I really appreciate you opening up, sharing, encouraging, and equipping. It has been fantastic. So thank you, my friend. Thank you so much, Mike, for giving me the chance to speak with you and your audience. And thank you to the audience for giving us so much time and listening to us. I hope you found this inspiring and empowering. And I know you can be the best version of yourself. So go out and make that happen. Absolutely. Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode and remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.